Shema Yisrael. Welcome to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries with Aaron Budgen. Aaron discovered Jesus is his Messiah while preparing to be a rabbi. He now teaches for several organizations and is the teaching pastor for Living God Ministries. Strongly distinguishing between the Old and New Covenants, Aaron presents the scriptures from a Judaic and historical frame of reference. Join Aaron now as he reveals the reality foreshadowed and the new life we can now experience because of what the Lord Jesus accomplished for us. What happened when Adam and Eve were confronted with their sin? What happened? What did they do when the Lord exposed the sin that they had committed, when he talked to them and he showed them that they committed sin? How did they deal with that? Well, they dealt with that by blaming somebody else. They said, no, it's not my fault, it's somebody else's fault. Adam said it was Eve's fault. Eve said that it was the snake's fault. They just simply blamed somebody else, that that was how they dealt with the sin that they had committed and the exposure of the sin that they committed. They denied their part in it. They denied their role in it. They denied their responsibility. They were unwilling to accept personal responsibility for their own actions, for their own decisions, and instead they decided to blame somebody else. Now, this shouldn't sound unusual to you because chances are you know a lot of people who deal with their sin in a similar way. I'm confident that you have had some confrontation with somebody in your life at some point in your life where you have spoken with them and told them that they did something that was inappropriate. They did something that was wrong. They sinned. They did something that they should not have done. You have probably confronted somebody about this issue, haven't you? And what happened when you did that? Did they look at you and say, oh, thank you. Thank you for sharing that with me. I am so excited to know that someone in my life would speak to me that way and tell me that I sinned, that I did something wrong. Because I was living, I was living my life in a way that I was not paying attention to that. I simply wasn't taking that seriously. I had deceived myself into thinking that I was more impressive than I really am. But since you are here in my life, you are here in order to inform me that I am not as impressive as I thought I was. And I'm so thankful that you told... I'm sure you've had this kind of a conversation with somebody, right? No, chances are you have not. Chances are somebody said something else. They said something totally different. They said something like, I didn't do that. Or, I don't know what you're talking about. They denied what happened. Or, if there is no way for them to deny it, they probably looked at you and said something like, No, it's your fault. Yeah, I guess I did that, but it's your fault. If you didn't treat me the way you did, then I wouldn't have done that. You know, something like that. Or they would say it's somebody else's fault. My point is, is to say that this is a way that people deal with their sin. They deny reality. They totally deny it. They live in a form of denial. I know many people like this. I know a lot of people, personally, who live their lives in total denial of everything, it seems. Practically everything. Total denial of everything in life. They do absolutely nothing wrong. Well, they don't exactly do anything right either. They don't do anything, but rely on somebody else to do everything. 
And if something does go wrong for whatever reason, then it's somebody else's fault or somebody else is going to have to find some way to deal with the issues or the consequences of what happened. I know a lot of people who are able to live that way, normally because they're able to find other people in their lives who will just simply tolerate that. And they do for many different reasons. So I want you to understand that there are a lot of people who live in denial of reality, who deal with their sin by just simply saying that, no, it wasn't me, I didn't do that. That's not me. No, I'm not responsible. I'm not the one who is responsible for that. Don't expect me to handle any of the consequences or deal with any of the consequences of what happened. I am not a part of that at all. Now, when you understand that this is something that people do, it's very easy to assume that the Apostle Paul says something very similar when you read through Romans chapter 7, verses 14 through 25. It's very easy to consider that maybe he was shifting blame or he was saying that it wasn't him. It's not his fault. No, no, he's not the one who sinned. It's very easy to consider that when you read through the end of Romans chapter 7, beginning in verse 14, it says, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of flesh, sold into bondage to sin. For what I am doing, I do not understand, for I am not practicing what I would like to do, but I am doing the very thing I hate. But if I do the very thing I do not want to do, I agree with the law, confessing that the law is good. So now, no longer am I the one doing it, but sin which dwells in me. Again, that's verse 17. So now, no longer am I the one doing it, but sin which dwells in me. Now, doesn't that sound like shifting blame? Doesn't that sound like somebody saying, no, it's not my fault. This is not my fault. I am not the one who's responsible for this. That is a way of reading this. I personally do not believe that that's what he intended to say. But I'm giving you this explanation because I want you to understand that there are a lot of people who do believe that that's probably what he was saying in some respects. And they find it very confusing. And so I'm going to deal with it in this context first. And then I'll tell you what I think he's really intending to say. But continuing in verse 18, he says, For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For the willing is present in me, but the doing of the good is not. For the good that I want I do not do, but I practice the very evil that I do not want. But if I am doing the very thing I do not want, I am no longer the one doing it. But sin which dwells in me. There's another opportunity to give an excuse in verse 20 to shift blame. No, I'm not the one who's doing it. I'm not the one. Again in verse 20, but if I am doing the very thing I do not want, I am no longer the one doing it. But sin which dwells in me. Doesn't that sound like shifting blame? It can sound like that. Again, I don't think that's what he was intending to say, but I want you to see this because sometimes people read through this and they assume that that's what he was conveying. In verse 21, I find then the principle that evil is present in me, the one who wants to do good. For I joyfully concur with the law of God in the inner man, but I see a different law in the members of my body waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin which is in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will set me free from the body of this death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then on the one hand I myself with my mind am serving the law of God, 
but on the other with my flesh, the law of sin. So I wanted to read through all of this because I want you to see at the end, in verse 24, he says, Wretched man that I am, who will set me free from the body of this death? I went through all of that to get to verse 24 because I want you to see that after he goes through this description of this struggle that he is having, he does conclude by saying, Wretched man that I am. He does take personal responsibility for his sins. He does do that, and he acknowledges that he is the one who committed the sin. So how do I reconcile that with what he said before in verse 17? So now no longer am I the one doing it, but sin which dwells in me. How can he say that? And in verse 20, But if I am doing the very thing I do not want, I am no longer the one doing it, but sin which dwells in me. It sounds like he's shifting blame and saying, No, it's sin. It's some uh, sin of some kind. I don't know what it is. We call it the devil. Maybe there's a demon in me or something like that. No, we don't really want to believe that. Maybe it's a virus. We'll talk about sin like it's a virus or it's some kind of bacteria or something. It's something else in me that's causing me to do this. And so don't blame me. It's me. I know it's me, but it's not really me. It's somebody else. It's something else. It's it's something. It's different. It's not me. Don't blame me. I'm not responsible. That's not what he says. He says, oh, wretched man that I am. He does eventually disclose that he recognizes his complete responsibility for his actions, for his decisions, for the sin that is within him. That's not what he's talking about, though. He is not shifting blame. And I wanted to go through this because sometimes people assume that that's what he was attempting to do. And when they do that, they can sometimes take that upon themselves and try to do that in their own lives, where they will commit some sin and then somebody will confront them over that and they will say, well, it's not really me who did that. It's it's sin that's in me. You know, let's not let's not blame me. Let's blame this flesh of mine. Let's blame something else. Let's blame the devil. The devil made me do it. You know, something like that. Sometimes people react that way. They respond that way. And where do they get that from? They get it from right here. This is where they usually get it from. I do not believe that that's what he was intending to say. I really don't. But in order to explain this, in order to explain what I believe he was intending to say, in order to do that, it's going to take a little bit of time. And so I'm not sure if I'll be able to do this in one program or two. But uh, I'm going to proceed now and see how it goes. Now, the first thing that I want you to understand is that the living God said that he would complete the work that he is doing within you. That he said that he would complete the work that he began. It is written. He will complete the work that he began in you. Now, what that means is that he has started to do a work within you and it's not over. That means that he is doing something in you, he's doing something in your life, in your heart, in your very being, and he's not done yet. Now, if you understand that, if you understand that he has started to do something within you, he has started to do something with you, and he has not finished it yet, then that means you are in transition, You are in a transition between the time when he started to do a work within you and the time that will eventually arrive when he will complete the work that he began within you. So between the time he started and the time that he finishes, there is a period of time involved, and I want you to know that you are in the middle of that. You are in the middle of this work in process. 
which means that you should expect to see some indications to show you that the work is not over, that the work that he is doing within you is not complete, that he is doing a work, certainly, but that obviously he's got a lot more to do. You need to get in touch with this because it's difficult for a lot of people to accept this. Many people want him to just get it done and get it done right now. I mean, why do we have to wait? What are we, what are we doing this for? Why are we going through all the pain and the struggle? Why are we going through transformation after transformation? Why do we go through change after change? Why do we have to grow? I mean, why do we have to, why can't we just become immediately super spiritual individuals who God creates and we do everything right at all times and all ways possible? Why doesn't he just do that? Well, there are many reasons why he has decided to do a work in the sense that he's going to start it and then he's going to complete it. And I'm not going to get into all those details right now concerning what I believe as to why he wants to do it in this way. Instead, I just want you to see that he's not finished with you yet, that he did get started with you, but he's not done. I don't want to deal with all the issues concerning why. I just want you to get in touch with that for a moment. Because if you will understand that you are a work in progress, that he's not finished with you yet, then on that basis, you should recognize that you should expect to see some sin in your life. You should expect to see that because that would be the indication. That would be a reasonable measurement to show you that he's not done with you yet. It's a reasonable conclusion. This is not an unreasonable conclusion that you should expect to see some sin in your life in some way. So the first thing that I want you to consider is that there is a work in progress and that he has not finished with you yet. And so if he has not finished with you yet, then you should expect to see some indications of that fact. And sin is one of the indications. It's one of the ways that we can use to measure what he is doing within our hearts. Okay, the next thing that I want you to consider is that in Romans chapter 6, in Romans chapter 6, this is of course before Romans chapter 7, in Romans chapter 6, Paul spoke about being dead to the law. He also spoke about being dead to sin. But the first thing that I want to start with is this notion that you are dead to the law. I want you to understand that first. Now, I've spent a lot of time talking about this, that we are dead to the law, and so I'm not going to get into the details concerning why we are dead to the law, the value of being dead to the law, the fact that the law has no place in our lives anymore. What I'm going to do now is I'm going to proceed from there and give you a bit of a confession. And that is that there are times in my life when I do something just because it's the right thing to do. I'm going to start with that. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to confess, I will admit that there are times in my life, there have been some occasions, when I did not want to do something. And I did it, not because I wanted to, I did it because it was the right thing to do. I obeyed God just because it was the right thing to do, not because I wanted to. Now, there are some people who would look at that and they would say, well, good for you, Aaron. I mean, by all means, you repented, you obeyed, you you knew the law, you did the law. That should be something. I mean, that's that's more than just you knew what was right and you absolutely refused to do it just because you didn't feel like it. Just because you didn't want to. It's better than that. At least you didn't sin. 
Well, that depends on your point of view, because if I am dead to the law, right, if I'm dead to the law, if the law has no place in my life, then what am I doing, doing something just because it's good, just because it's the right thing to do, even though I don't feel like doing it, or even though I don't want to do it? If I am dead to the law, why am I living according to the law? That's my point. Why am I living according to the law when I am dead to the law? Well, I'm not going to be able to say that it was the holy part within me. It was the righteous part within me who did that. I'm not going to be able to say that. I'm not going to be able to say that me as a child of God, I obeyed because because I'm a child of God. I can't claim that. No. In this case, I actually did something out of the energy of my flesh, not out of the energy of my spirit. That's exactly what happened. Now, deep down inside, I want you to know that I felt really bad about it. I felt really bad, not because I did what was right. I felt bad because I didn't want to do what was right. That's what bothered me. So there is a part within me, there is a living person who I am, deep down inside, who is troubled, who is struggling, who wants to be the kind of person who I believe God wants me to be, but he has not yet made me completely into the kind of person who I want to be, who I want him to make me to be. So there's a part of me that says, Aaron, there is an issue in your heart that shows that you are not complete, that shows that the Lord still needs to do a work within you. And then there was another part of me that did the right thing, but because it was not done out of the right attitude, out of the right condition of my heart, because of that, I have to say in some ways that was sin. The behavior of my flesh wasn't sin, but the condition of my heart was sin. Now, do I think that God is going to condemn me because of the decision that I made? Of course not. I don't believe that he is going to condemn me, not because of the behavior of my flesh, even though that behavior should have been the right thing, that would be the right thing to do. I wouldn't be worried about condemnation there. I would be worried about the condemnation on me as a person in the condition of my heart because my heart was not in it. That's what I want you to see. Now, he does not condemn me. He doesn't condemn me, not because I did what was right. He doesn't condemn me because he doesn't hold my sins against me anymore because he forgave all of my sins. So in an abstract sense, I can say because of the struggle within me that it was not I who obeyed, it was my flesh or it was something else within me that obeyed. Now, I have to be careful when I use the word flesh because it implies that I obeyed out of sin, and it's difficult for people to grasp that, and I want you to understand that I am hesitating a little bit to give this kind of an explanation. I just want you to consider that if you do something that is right and your heart's not in it, then that technically is sin in and of itself. It is a form of sin, and I don't believe that God held it against me because he forgave me of the sin in my heart, that the issue was what was going on in my heart, not what was going on in my flesh. Now, let's take this from a different point of view. What would happen if I knew what was right and I didn't do what was right? 
So in the first example, I said I did what was right, even though my heart was not in it. What about if my heart is in it and I don't do what is right? Is there any real difference there? If my heart is in it, but I don't do what is right, then is there any fundamental difference? Well, not really, because I am responsible for the activity of my flesh. I am responsible for that. And so when I commit sin, even though I know deep down inside it's the wrong thing to do and I don't really want to do it, but I do it anyway, even though that happens, I'm still responsible, just as I was responsible for doing that which was good and I didn't want to. So also I am responsible for doing that which is bad even when I don't want to. Now, when I did what was good and I didn't really want to, it wasn't really I who did it. It wasn't really I in an abstract sense. It was I in another sense, in a fleshly sense, but in a spiritual sense, it was not I. So also, when I commit sin, not really wanting to do it in the depths of my being, in a part of my being, is it I who is doing it? No, it is not really I who is doing it. It is my flesh that is doing it, even though deep down in my spirit, I don't want to do it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether I do that which is good or I do that which is evil, regardless of whether I live in obedience or I live in sin, neither issue matters. And I can claim that in my flesh, It is not I because there is a part within me that either wants to do something or doesn't want to do something. There is a struggle within every individual that shows that this work that he is doing is not over, that this work is not yet complete. We are divided inside. We struggle inside with ourselves. In a spiritual sense, I can claim that it is not I who sinned. And in a spiritual sense, I can claim that it is not I who obeyed. But in a physical sense, it is I who sinned, and it is I who obeyed. Now, on that basis, I can understand what Paul is saying. On that basis, I understand what he means when he says in verse 17, So now, no longer am I the one doing it, but sin which dwells in me. Well, in a sense, he is the one who is doing it, but in another sense, it is not him who is doing it, because he is a work in progress, and there is a part of him who wants to be obedient, and yet there is a part of him that does not care, that wants to engage in sin. He is describing the struggle that we all have within ourselves, the struggle within ourselves. Now, At what point can we say that this is I and this is not I? At what point can we truly say that? Well, I believe that deep down inside, because of who we are as a new creation, we always want to do that which is right. We always want to do that which God wants us to do. I believe deep down inside that is a condition that we have. And also, deep down inside, there is a part of us who is not ready, who is not willing to trust in him yet, who is not prepared to do that which is good and that which is evil. And so because we struggle with both issues, when do we claim that it is I and when do we claim that it is not I? Well, we can do that any time we want and it isn't going to matter. Okay, It is not going to matter. 
The only thing that will matter in the end as we deal with this struggle within us, the only thing that will really matter is when we finally stop and recognize that regardless of the struggle that is within us, regardless of that, we are still wretched, we are still responsible, and we need to be thankful. We need to be thankful that he doesn't hold our sins against us. And he doesn't. He doesn't hold our sins against us. And he lets us live in this struggle because he is doing other things through this struggle. When it comes to what he is doing, it doesn't matter if we obey or we don't obey. It doesn't matter whether we sin or we don't sin. It doesn't matter. Those are not the real fundamental issues. He used those issues to direct us towards him so that we could enter into a new covenant and walk in the newness of life, in the newness of the spirit, not in the oldness of the letter of the law. And through this, through this living struggle that we have through it all, he is going to reveal to us who he is. He's going to show us more about who he is as a person. And we will be able to understand and comprehend in small ways who he is as a person. His objective is not to try to figure out how to get you to do the things you want to do and how to keep you from doing those things that you don't want to do and then change your heart so that you always want to do that which is right and you never want to do that which is evil. That is not his goal. That might be your goal, and I can understand that. I can appreciate that, but it's not his goal. His goal is to reveal to you who he is, not turn you into a little god. He wants you to know who he is, and he does want to do a work within you, but his goal is for you to know him, for him to know you, and you together can have a personal interactive relationship. That is his goal. It's not to try to figure out how to get your flesh under control or how to get your heart to conform in such a way that you always desire that which is good. I can appreciate the value of him doing a work within individuals, and he's doing that, but please don't lose sight of the goal that there is something entirely different that he has truly called us to, and it's easy to get wrapped up in these issues. There is now no condemnation. That's how he begins chapter 8. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And the reason why is because another law has gone into effect. Not a law of sin and death, but the law of the Spirit of life. And I will explain this in the next broadcast. You have been listening to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries. You can hear all of our programs for free through our radio archive at livinggodministries.net. That is, livinggodministries.net. Do help us develop new radio programs and continue broadcasting on this and other radio stations. Send your contributions to Living God Ministries, P.O. Box 383-53, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80937 or use the donation link on our website, livinggodministries.net. That is, livinggodministries.net.